Welcome to AM Best Audio. Embedded insurance has become a very hot topic in the insurance industry, with carriers rethinking their distribution channels. I'm John Weber for AM Best TV, and we're at Risk World in Atlanta, and we have an excellent panel that's going to speak more about that. They are Brian Davis, creator of VIU, an embedded insurance broker owned by Hub. Christine Panay-Ramon, head of affinity and programs for Willis Towers Watson. And Eli Sanchez, director of analytics, AM Best. And Eli, let's start with you today. You recently authored a paper for AM Best on this, a report. Uh, where do things stand in the embedded insurance market in terms of both interest and potential? Hi, John. Well, there's growing interest. Some experts estimate the market will be in 2032 around $2.3 trillion. So that's around 23% of the expected growth at that time. So uh, the expectations are very high. The interest, I think you can go through regions. I think in the US and Canada and more developed countries, there's growing interest in implementing solutions that are technology driven that could maximize the coverages, that could make more efficient the companies and that could provide a lot of savings. In other regions like Latin America, you face some other difficulties, but as well there's interest, but I don't think there's too much uh, risk appetite for companies to develop there. So I think you can go region by region by saying like in some more uh, advanced markets, you can see capabilities are higher and appetite is higher than in some developed regions. Yeah, I agree. I think what's um, you know fascinating is what COVID did recently to advance data and analytics, cloud computing, and that has put a reemergence of what's possible with emergent, uh, uh, you know, embedded insurance. I mean, it used to be the carrier was way disconnected from distributor and definitely focused totally on the consumer, but the world literally went digital overnight. So whether it's cloud computing, whether it's open architecture APIs, the connectivity between distributor and carrier has become a lot more seamless. And so one could, as a distributor, kind of emerge themselves in this embedded conversation. So uh, technology and customer preferences have changed in the last two to three years. Uh, the customers in our research have told us loud and clear, you know, no offense insurance industry, I, I'm more busy with my heart and don't want to be bogged down with my head, head being an insurance transaction. So there is a need for the broker. There is a need for advice and counsel because our customers are really busy with their daily lives and technology is opening up new ways to deliver your proposition to a consumer or small business owner. I, I think what Brian is saying it's true also in Latin America. A lot of appetite like for the distributors and talking more about retail, like retail insurance and how it's distributed through big uh, retail chains. A lot of the retailers think like, I don't have time to promote your, your insurance product, even if it makes sense to my business. I don't have time, I don't have the capabilities. So if there are some other solutions like APIs or something that's already tailor-made, that could be easier for some companies to really accept the proposal of an insurance company to distribute or embed their, their products into the, the ones that they are selling. So I completely agree with that. And the world changed and now uh, companies need to be aware of that and of the interest of distributors to really offer their channels. Of course, it's different when you go out from retail to the other marketplaces, but that will cover the need in, in a specific market. 
they do all merge though in the digital transformation, whether we're talking about retailers or other opportunities. Um, you know, the, the API connections make it such that it's, it's much more seamless for the customer now, and it's a much more efficient delivery to the customer. So where there's hesitation from clients, uh, you know, we're gonna see that evolution with the technology and with um, the seamlessness to the customer that's possible through the technology. And another aspect our research have, have shown, I, that's a very solid point, is over the last 20 years, most of the digital investment has been made by the carriers, primarily the direct carriers. But a fascinating thing has happened, um, insureds have become actually more underinsured as a result of digital connections with carriers. And that's because to get that digital connection or seamless experience, you had to give up the elements of it, neutral advice and choice to go to a direct carrier. And that's, that's, that's really driven a heavy underinsured, minimum limits on car insurance, don't understand replacement costs versus ACV on your house. Those are the things that customers are now finding out in the event of a claim. And so the embedded insurance creates an opportunity to help mitigate the insurance protection gap. And that's something I'm really excited about for our industry because it's kind of a indictment on, on us as industry professionals to have customers underinsured and finding out in the event of a claim. So embedded insurance uh, creates an, a way to kind of help mitigate the insurance protection gap. I would say especially with some of the younger generations as well who are not going to have that same tendency to go and buy insurance through the traditional providers of insurance, right? And so they're going to be looking for the most efficient way of purchasing and they're going to also look for a very clean, easy claims process which can also be fueled by technology. And they don't want necessarily to have that human interaction, right? Yeah. So. To, that, that's a fascinating point, um, and I, I, I say um, we built View by Hub with a digital native customer in mind, but the, the most fascinating thing happened. Our very first customer was a 72-year-old person from the state of Texas, right, who because of COVID was forced into a digital world. Uh, so we like to say, hey, you got digital natives, you got digital immigrants, but then you have this new sector that's called digital refugees <laughs> who were forced into a digital world and actually liked it. So uh, that customer, 72-year-old customer in Texas is like, you know, I actually like talking to my agent via Zoom, via Teams, via chat. I didn't know I would like that historically because that never was an option for me, but now that's an option. For, for the customers. Simplicity is going to be key. As you mentioned, there's segments of the population that these new uh, initiatives are going to help diminish that insurance gap. And I think uh, the example that we have in Kenya, it's something where people are not going to be educated like in 10 years something. They need to, to have those coverage and to understand them. So we have seen very simple solutions on which they have a scratch card and they are given the instructions on how that's going to work and they get because of APIs and also because of uh, the blockchain a solution to a claim that happens in maybe six days instead of six weeks. So I think if you simplify things for people, you are going to be able to narrow that gap. So I completely agree that it's a great opportunity to cover those other segments of the population 
that go beyond the generational things. Yeah, and it's simplify it and deliver it how customers want it delivered, right? right? And so we like, our vision at VIEW is to enable acquisition and service however customers prefer. We've dictated the customers have to operate in our world, fill out these 500 questions to get like a homeowner quote, right? And data is allowing you to say, hey, that can be done in 90 seconds or less with just a name and address. I know what size roof you have. I know all the information in your home. And so it, it's opening up a new way to, to interact with, with the customers. So. And, and then getting the customers on board with it, right? That's totally. the other thing when we're seeing you know, that development in the market, it's trying to get the customers to also be um, at ease with doing that full transaction, especially when we talk about things like home and auto, where they're not used to doing that full transaction right. without speaking right. to a human. Right. Um, the technology's there. Right. Uh, well now we got to get some of the, the customers there as you, well. You got it. Yeah. Brian, you mentioned data, and I want to talk more about that in just a minute or so. But before I do, what's the difference between an embedded carrier and an embedded broker? Yeah, you know, uh, embedded insurance has actually been around for a while, primarily driven by a carrier wherein, a car think of a carrier as an underwriter. They're the ones determining the risk, the, the pricing of that risk. I, I grew up on the carrier side as an underwriter and a product manager and a pricer, actuarial. So the carrier is bringing underwriting expertise, claims, payments, and then putting that into a journey like a loan aggregator or a bank or an auto F&I platform, right? The difference between a carrier and a broker is brokers, particularly an independent broker, is bringing multiple carriers, is bringing choice, is bringing neutrality with the same technology that a carrier could have to embed. So instead of, you, hey, you're getting a loan through Challenger Mortgage Company and insurance with you know, Acme Mutual was coming with your loan uh, origination. Well, the difference is now multiple carriers can come with your loan originator, origination. So that gives the customers and strategic partners different uh, capabilities and options. Um, and and so, so that's the difference is you're embedding only what a broker can deliver with the new emergence in technology, which brokers by the entity are, are supposed to be focused on the customer, right? So it's actually a kind of a very refreshing value proposition if you can bring an embeddable brokerage because you bring choice, you bring neutrality to the insurance purchasing. And again, that is a way to tackle the insurance protection gap. Because some carriers could be saying, hey, I'm going to give you this, and I know price is the, 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 the major issue, so I'm going to get you that price by giving you ACV on your roof, which a lot of carriers have done that to get that customer. But the carriers don't go back to the customer after that transaction and say, you know what, that's probably not the best thing for your situation in, in Texas where it hails, <laughs> right? So that's, that's the role of a broker. So the embedded broker is an independent agent that's now technology enabled like a carrier. And that's what's exciting and different and, and available now. I think, to, and that's great, I think to build on that as well, you know, it's not just carrier choice, there's also the 
product choice and the advisory services that come along with being being a broker, right? When you think of the embedded insurance journey, it may start with one product that's ancillary to that client's core business. But depending on how that client is structured, you know, we're looking at embedded insurance as a as a journey along the customer's life events and, and life cycles. And so that may mean different products at different points in time with different carriers. And it's bringing all of that together, you know, holistically for the customer and for the client. That being the case, Christine, what then are the challenges of making embedded insurance more viable? Well, the technology is definitely one, uh, and keeping up with the developments in technology, it's it's uh, moving at the speed of light, and it, and it's hard to keep up. And I think through COVID, you mentioned obviously the digital transformation, and and companies that are that are already in the embedded insurance space are looking to adapt in this digital world because they might not have as much of that face-to-face -face interaction or that phone interaction anymore. And so they need that technology and that powerful um, data and analytics and modeling and optimization that fuels the technology to put the right offer in front of the customer at the right point during their, their digital journey and, and exploration for that client. I think there's also the challenge of trying to move away from just um, product or, or looking at just product by itself, but around designing experiences, not just products, right? So that's an evolution in the embedded insurance and what we're trying to do. And, and again, that's a mix of uh, the broker and the advisory services, and then using the technology to fuel that and making that customer journey the best possible and, and the most easy for the customer. Um, I think a big challenge is the limited time that we have with customers in the digital space. It's not like a face-to-face -face interaction where you're going and you go get your mortgage and you talk to the loan officer and um, you don't have that luxury online, right? Um, and, and so that limited time, you have to really be able to be succinct in your marketing messaging and you have to be able to really um, voice your value proposition within that that extra insurance that you're offering at that critical point. Um, and then I think as well the balance between complexity and, re and relevance to the customer, right? We talked about um, being relevant and you want to personalize things for the customer. That sometimes you would, you, you, you would want to add information and really educate the customer on why this is important, but you don't have that luxury. Um, necessarily, so it's that balance. Yeah. And uh, I, I was just thinking what you're saying, and, uh, and also in some regions regulation is key, like for example, in some, there are some regions that maybe regulation can be more restrict in the way they treat, let's say, um, know your customer policies, and sometimes they try to be too strict to go to a point that they say from the zero dollars you're going to investigate, that closes the market completely. So regulators have to be very aware of how the market is going to develop, the importance of having these distribution channels working. And um, one thing that also caught my attention was that I'm, I'm thinking in, in mixes of, of, of distribution, like maybe you have an API and you have everything working, but your point of sale is physical. Like say, for example, you go to a, in Guatemala, they had this, this thing, Walmart, when you go to the Walmart and you could buy a health coverage that was very simple. Like, and that was an efficient product for some time. But at the end, there's another, another limit there, the loyalty. 
at the end they were not loyal to that and that's where I think um, uh, and digital broker when it comes to place it brings more options and can provide more alternatives for that uh, distributor. Yeah, what, what I would, both, both of those are <laughs> very spot on points. Now all I would do is add to that in saying while there has been many digital advancements, there are a lot of carriers who haven't advanced digitally, right? So there is still tons of friction in the system and in the customer journey from derivative of where you embed to data that you share with me to now I got to connect you to an underwriter, right? There's still a lot of friction. Coupled on top of that, you have new technology that's available, but it's a severe talent gap in our industry on folks that know what the heck to do with the technology. I mean, I can't tell you the number of companies I've sat down and they have no idea what an API is. Like, you know, so so you have some cases wherein distributors now are, are more out front than manufacturers. And if you're a manufacturer, which I've sat in those seats for years, your priority is trade combined ratio on a calendar year, underwriting and pricing the business. It's a hard decision to say I'm going to put billions of dollars into a Guidewire and Duck Creek Majesco conversation to go to the cloud and to be enabled to interact with the way the world is going. That's a tough decision for carriers to make. So I, there's still a lot of friction when you get into hard placed coverages like coastal homeowners or something like that. So it, it, it can lead to the rejection of a customer f because of a poor experience, because there's still friction in the system. So I think that's some of the, the challenges that the manufacturers and distributors and um, fintechs and suretechs, that's an opportunity to come together to solve that. Brian, you, you brought up data earlier, and I got to ask, how important is data then in the embedded insurance space? J just like I'm saying, some entities are further out and ready with technology, and some entities are not. Customers are so far ahead in what they expect a interaction to be than we are. And so, data, customers want personalization. Like, we fought this forever thinking like, oh, that's going to be too creepy. That's, those days are over. Customers are giving you permission to use their information for the right reasons. Now, you have to be using it for the right reasons, for sure. But customers saying, if you're using my information for the right reason, hey, I'll give you my password to my banking information so you can bring it all together on one platform so I can see everything in one spot. That's Mint.com, that's personal capital, that, that ship has sailed. And so personalization is the one answer I would give you to that, is customers want you to know who they are, what they need. So instead of just giving me standard HO3 or standard HO5, maybe I don't have a trampoline in my backyard, so why am I paying for coverage E and I don't have that exposure? So the opportunity exists to say, here's who you are and here's the a la carte solution you need. So I think data is really the forefront of personalizing coverages and advice for individual consumers and small business owners and just any business owner for that matter. It's the Amazon effect, right? It, 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 that, is, that is 
par for the course in my research, in our research, that customers want you to know who they are and want you to know what carrier might be best for me. If you're advising me as a broker, what carrier is best? AM Best could, could, has data solutions that could give you understanding on, here's this carrier's track record in this market for this number of years to feed your model to say, hey, that's a A plus rated type company, all things being considered. That's, that's where data can come in. I, yeah, I think all great points. And, and to build on that, when you think about even you know, beyond the home and auto realm, or, or even if you talk about some of the, the, the auto uh, makers out there and the evolution that they're going through with their technology, and we're seeing that you know, your, insur your insurance will be on your vehicle at some point. We look at some of the, the automakers and what they're trying to do and saying, well, we have all this data on you. We're the ones that are in the prime position to be able to craft an insurance offer that is bespoke based on your behavior because we're capturing it through the vehicle. This is where we're going, right? There, there were surveys, I think, that were done a, a couple of years ago on wearables and, and fitness. And, you know, the, they were asked, well, if, if an insurance company could access your wearables data, right, your health and fitness data, um, to get you a discount on insurance, would you would you give up that data? And overwhelmingly, the answer was yes. And so it, it does fit in on a lot of different products and a lot of different distribution uh, angles. But data is key to everything, and it's key to all of the personalization and optimization and putting that right offer in front of you at the right time. Right. So, so, so one thing that that came to my mind when you guys were speaking about that it has to serve the customer, I was thinking when we had the earthquake in 2017 in Mexico, everyone was worried about the protection for the contents of their homes, of their homes, of their bank loans, because they had insurance for the bank loan, but not for the asset, not for the house. So a lot of people had this app in their in their cell phone, uh, Skyview, I think it was the name. So it alerted you when there was going to be an earthquake. But very opportunistically, and very, uh, I think the population was very grateful. An insurance company started to offer coverages through that uh, through that platform. Platform. So in that case, uh, people was really aware of the brand of that company. They felt engaged with that, and they felt their data was being used in their benefit, and that opened the, the market in a lot of segments. And that's the the feedback that we have had. It's the use of that data allowed them to also enter their mortgages and then ensure not just the loan but also the house. So I think when data is used opportunistically in a realistic way, it's really when, when people start to get involved in the insurance space. Eli, expanding on that, what does the emergence of open AI then mean to the segment? Oh, I, th I think that's that's the next step. I. I think when you talk about open AI and you talk about uh, the blockchain uh, capabilities that can be done, and I was bringing this example about Kenya and it's really interesting, it's a product that it's embedded into uh, the farmer's seed, the farmer buys the seed from a distributor, the distributor sells a scratch card, a scratch card that they can register with their mobile company. And then through blockchain, there's a, uh, there's a parametric solution. So they're going to be paid that claim after the parametric solution gets to the level that it has to be. And they get paid back in their, in their cell phones. So I think if you can scale that and you can make that comprehensive, you can see how OpenAI, the, um, the um, blockchain acting to make very good solutions to make 
uh, access to the population easy and to provide the coverage that are needed. I think this is an example that can be talked about in a rural area, in a, in a poor area, but maybe you can bring that to a, a more educated segment of the population to make it that efficient. Maybe you're talking about the local business in the beach and you can provide a parametric solution and they don't have access to that, they don't even have the education, but they're going to be aware of that and they're going to be grateful with the distributor, are going to get to know the insurance company and it's going to build up on that ecosystem. So I think uh, OpenAI, uh, the blockchain, and this coming up of, of new technologies, it's going to make way on how the insurance is going to develop in the future. Yeah, I, I echo that. I mean, I, I had the privilege of going out to San Francisco three weeks ago to the headquarters of OpenAI, and I saw it firsthand. So take my word for it, it's here, it's real. It is what we thought AI was 10 years ago with Watson and all of that. I mean, so whether it's visual recognition, voice recognition, um, I can geek out on the 12K dimensional space that the AI folks talk about, but the ability to reason tons of information opens up countless opportunities to interact with a customer in some of the things we were just saying, a more personalized manner. So imagine calling into a call center and you're having a conversation with a person and you don't know if it's a bot or a human. That is possible, it is here. It is not like tomorrow, it is today, right? So the, the question then becomes is, how fast can the legacy entities like brokerages and carriers adopt this? And I can't stress enough the talent shortage in our industry. I mean, what data scientist is saying, hey, I want to line up and go work at Stable. I mean, they're going to go work at Google or OpenAI. And so I think there's an opportunity to partner with entities that are better at things than we are. That's okay. You're a good underwriter. Be a good underwriter. You're a good distributor. Be a good distributor. But let OpenAI be an OpenAI expert. By the time we learn that, it's way down the road. And so one of the examples is, you know, imagine a claim hitting, and we had this with Google a little bit. They can, they can take the images of the car via a photograph. Well, you don't need the photograph anymore. Open AI through satellite imagery knows, hey, that car was a low impact, but it's a high severity claim. That's the chance of fraud of X percent. Don't send an adjuster out do this, do that, do that. I just eliminated four or five people from an underwriter, from a carrier, yeah. just, just by that. that. That's how impactful this is. Imagine calling into a call center and, and, and all I have people doing is saying, hey, you are who you said you are. Like those days are over. Like that, that's done by OpenAI. So, so it's real, it's what you thought it was 10 years ago. It is now available. And it's available because what happened with COVID everybody started sending their data to the cloud and now that's uh, that's available to reason with. Uh, and just to complement that, and from a ratings perspective, the experience that we have seen in, in some markets that use OpenAI, like voice recognition and all of that, to manage claim, they have really differentiated themselves to their competitors. And I'm, and I'm thinking about uh, the, the leading insurance, uh, auto insurance in Mexico or the biggest Panamanian insurance company. They use open AI for claim management. And there's really 
a difference in their loss ratio regarding that to their competitors. So I think it's not only on the uh, attention to the customer, but on the savings at a financial scale that it's really that really benefits the companies. Yeah, there's a little patience, I think, now with the new generations as well around the, the whole, you know, paper claims and submission process and all of that. So whatever we can do to use AI and, and, and technology to fuel uh, solutions that are much more palatable to the newer generations, but also to, you know, the older generations who are adapting um, is going to be the future. And on that note, what a fascinating discussion. Brian Drummond, Christine Panaremon, Eli Sanchez, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you. Thank you. And for Risk World in Atlanta, I'm John Weber for I Am Best TV. Looking to get the full attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms that will do just that. Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day. Find out more by calling AM Best Advertising Sales at 908-439-2200, extension 5399, and have a great day.